Hello, hello. Today's episode is all about how to succeed even when you're afraid. Welcome to another episode of Binge Eating to Food Freedom with me, Katie Papo. If you're ready for genuine and lasting freedom from binge eating, emotional eating, or out of control food issues, you are in the right place. Subscribe, follow, and enjoy the episode. Hello, hello. Here we are. Let's dive in. So the kind of strange thing is I actually tried doing this podcast last week. I did do it on this exact topic. And I deleted it because I felt like it was incomplete. So here I am again, doing it again. <laughs> so um, first of all, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Katie Papo. And what we do here on this podcast, if this is your first episode, is we focus on exactly what you need to permanently end binge eating, emotional eating, compulsive overeating, food addiction, any out of control food issues that you may have, we know exactly how to get rid of them. <laughs> and why do we get rid of them? So you can step into really the life that you want because when food is no longer an issue, that frees up your time, it frees up your energy and your mental space, and you can give so much more to yourself and to your loved ones and to your purpose on this earth. So we are here to help you liberate yourself so you can move forward in your life in the best way that you know how. So today's topic is not only related to food, uh, though it definitely does relate to what it really takes to end an eating disorder or binge eating or whatever it is that you call it. It's all disordered eating. So what I'm going to go over in this episode is four, um, I'm looking down because I have my notes, four things to keep your focus on, four things to think about in order to keep yourself on track for your success, even when you're afraid. And before we even dive into those four things, I just want to normalize your experience if you do have something on your heart right now some kind of success that you really want to achieve. So for example, for our clients, it's food freedom. It is for that mental peace for food to become a complete non-issue. I'm just going to interrupt myself for a second. There is um, a little bit of construction going on outside. People are preparing for uh, Hurricane Ian. So there are people like right outside my window. So I'm sorry if you hear that noise. Hopefully you won't. Um, so before we go into those four things, I want to normalize the fear. Fear is a normal human reaction that every single person has, no matter how successful. The real difference between those who succeed and those who are paralyzed by fear and let the fear run the show, really the only difference is how they relate to that fear and what actions they take in the face of being afraid. Sometimes when we're afraid, we hide, we isolate, we numb, perhaps with food. And when we step forward and face our fears, that's when the real change can happen. So here are four things that you can do to maximize your chances of success and minimize uh, potential failure. Okay. So good. I think they're leaving. It looks like they're driving away now. Yay. Okay. <laughs> so number one, the first thing, and this might sound so obvious, but this one piece of advice was a life changer for me, not in knowing it, but in actually implementing it. So I'm going to share with you. The first piece of advice 
is to do it anyway, right? Even with the fear there. So you accept the fact that the fear is there, but then you do the thing anyway that you know is the right thing for you to do in order to move forward and reach your next success. So doesn't it sound so obvious? Oh, just do it. Just do the thing. But why do we not do that? Because we're afraid. And we might think, oh, well, if I just wait until the right time, maybe if I just get ready to get ready <laughs> to get ready, then maybe it won't be so scary. But the truth is, is not only does the fear not go away a lot of the time, but the longer we wait, the scarier and more daunting it could even seem especially if you're struggling with something like an eating disorder where over time, what does an eating disorder do? The more we have food issues, the more we feel out of control, what does it do? It erodes your confidence and self-trust. And what do we need in order to take action in the face of fear? We need confidence and we need self-trust. Self-trust that even if we face plant, that we will be able to get ourselves up and start again. So ultimately, this one single practice of being afraid, but then doing it anyway, and just doing it afraid, that is one of the strongest habits that you can build in order to end your eating disorder. I'll give you an example. So one woman in our program right now, she has a lot of trauma around grocery shopping because in her history, she's been struggling with food for a very long time, very struggled with binges. Um, you probably can relate to, you know, she did a weight loss program, lost a bunch of weight, then gained all the weight back, binged. It was like a whole disaster. And she's gone through this process multiple times. And the grocery store is a very charged environment for her emotionally because that's where she was judging herself on how many calories and what can I have? What can I have? And she's essentially putting herself in this restriction scarcity mode every time she goes to the grocery store. Or she buys all these things that she knows she quote unquote shouldn't have and then erodes her own self-trust with herself deeper by breaking that promise with herself by buying those foods and binging on those foods and then feeling guilty and ashamed after. So on both ends of the spectrum, whether she's restricting or whether she's binging, the grocery store has all of this charged up emotions. So the other week when we were on our coaching call, we were talking about that and I gave her an assignment to do um, because we, with our clients, we work directly with the triggers. So in other words, we help our clients in real time. It's not the kind of thing like in a eating disorder treatment center where you live there and you're like in this bubble and you learn all these tools and then they say, okay, time to go out into the world and see what happens, right? Try to apply your tools. Instead, what we do is we give you the tools for the particular situation. Then you go out and you practice with those tools and then you report back and we go through and we focus on what you did super well, what strengths that you had, where to improve. And so that way, as you keep going into that situation, right? Cause we can't really avoid going to the grocery store. As you keep going into that situation, it becomes less and less charged. It becomes more and more of a non-issue. So this was her first time practicing, essentially, where we gave her, her her marching orders and she was going off to the store to do it. And she says, she goes, oh gosh, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. And 
then she said, but of course I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it anyway, because this is how I'm going to get better. This is how I'm going to heal myself by facing my fears with my, with my new tools and then getting the support and the guidance I need to keep succeeding again and again and again to build these muscles. And this is exactly the mindset of a successful person. A lot of us think that successful people, oh, it just means that they're perfect and that everything is effortless. No, the most successful people know that they're afraid acknowledge that they're afraid and then do the thing anyway when they still are afraid. And um, uh, one of the things that actually inspired me to even think of this topic was an, another example. Uh, a woman reached out to me to join Rewired Eating. That's our 12-week signature program where we help people go from binge eating, out of control eating into genuine, lasting peace with food forever. And she had been struggling with her eating disorder for more than 55 years. And she said, back then, I didn't even know that there was a term for this. I didn't even, no one was using the words compulsive overeating or binge eating back then. She said, I thought I was just some, you know, person with this problem that was my biggest secret shame for years. And now I think she's in her 60s, 70s. I don't, I don't know her exact age, but... She said, I, I'm not going to live the rest of my life like this. I have grandchildren I want to be putting my energy into without this distraction of food. I have creativity on my heart. My soul wants to express itself. And I can't do any of that if I'm preoccupied with food all the time. She says, I just want a break. And though in 55 years... She's tried a lot of things. She said, I've done every diet in the book. I've done all these healthy eating programs and fitness programs. And so she said, I want to, and she sent me this email basically saying all of her fears. She said, I have this fear of failure. I have a fear that this is, I'm going to invest in myself and it'll be another thing that doesn't work. I have this really strong fear, but at the same time, something is pulling me to do this. Something is pulling me to give this to myself. And so even though I'm afraid, I'm going to do it. And that's the energy, right? It's even when you're afraid, taking those steps and doing it anyway, because it does not get less scary the longer you wait. In fact, a lot of times it becomes more scary. So that is step number one, the best advice I could possibly give you. And it is not advice for realness. I'm not saying, you know, if you're at the edge of a cliff, just jump blindly. I'm saying if you know that there is success on the other side, potentially, and you're just afraid, take the step anyway, but don't wait for the fear to go away. Just do it and do it afraid. So that is piece number one. Piece number two. Okay. So if you want to succeed when you're afraid, it's really important to understand why you're doing what you're doing. And I'm going to kind of blend step number two and step number three here. So bear with me because there's, they're kind of two sides to the same coin. On one side, we need to look at what would happen, right? What's the worst case scenario if you did not take this leap? right? To help yourself in whatever way that you want in order to get to your success. Now, 
for a lot of us, the cost of staying put and staying stuck will be higher, right? The cost of staying stuck will be higher than the cost of taking a chance on yourself, right? Look at eating disorders, for example. If you, if someone has an eating disorder and they are binge eating and they have all kinds of out of control food issues, what is the cost of not taking action out of fear? Is everything just going to be great? <laughs> is, are things going to magically resolve themselves? Maybe, but probably not. Especially if you know, hey, I've been struggling with this for a long time. Chances are it's not going to get better with time. Chances are it will get worse. And this is what I see. And I don't say this to be a Debbie Downer. Um, no offense to Debbies. I know many Debbies that I love. So maybe I shouldn't use that term, Debbie Downer. But to be a downer, I don't want to be that. Um, but it's important to be grounded in reality. And the reality is that when you have a binge eating problem and your body is in chaos because of all of this, you can expect in your future health issues that are going to cost you your quality of life, that are going to cost you loads of money, that are going to cost you plenty of time and lots of your precious energy and potentially years of life that you could have been spending with your loved ones or in your purpose. So just on a physical level alone, there is a tremendous cost. Now, what about the mental level? What about your thoughts, your thought energy, your thought power? Imagine how much freed up mental energy and time you would have if food was just a non-issue in your life. It was just something you didn't have to think about it and you can just enjoy food when you're eating it. And when you're not eating it, you're not thinking about it. That's it. That's how simple it can be. Now, if you continue to stay in disordered eating and this is your life and this is your reality, it is a tremendous cost physically, health-wise. It is a tremendous cost mentally. It is a tremendous cost time-wise. And it's also the most expensive thing you can do financially. A lot of people will argue they cannot not afford help. I would argue if you are binge eating, you cannot afford to keep binge eating. It is far more expensive long-term than anything else you can do. Medical costs aside, $15 of binge food alone per day that's almost six grand per year. And most people that I know, who I speak with, have been binging way longer than a year. And that's just the binge food. That's not even the diet food or the supplements or the programs or the clothing of different sizes, the other ways you numb yourself. Does this make sense? It's a time cost. It's a financial suck. It's an energy drain, and it is a thief of health and joy and confidence and self-worth. It's every, what does it not consume, right? So yes, there might be a fear of failure to move forward, but is that really scarier than staying stuck and continuing to go down this road? Really, which is scarier? Because for me, I know which is scarier. And just because 
the ego and we all have the same ego. So I'm not here to judge anybody's ego because I have the same one. But the ego will say, hey, even though this is a miserable existence to be constantly tortured and consumed by food all the time, at least I know it. It's familiar. And this whole path that you're thinking of taking to succeed, that's not certain. At least here, I know what's certain. I know what to expect. Even though it's misery, at least I know what to expect. That's the ego's perspective. That's the big reason why most people will stay stuck in this disorder. And I, again, I don't want to be a downer. It's just the truth. And if you don't want to be that person who dies with this problem, who lives and dies with this problem, that means stepping outside of the ego's comfort zone and making your move. Whatever step that you need to end the cycle now. So that's one side of the coin, looking at the cost of staying where you are, which will always exceed, I don't love the word always, will, I mean, gosh, for me, I've always seen it <laughs> that way. So I kind of feel comfortable saying the word always. It will always succeed the cost of just fixing it, truly. I've never seen anyone with an eating disorder that is cheap and doesn't consume all your time and doesn't consume your energy and doesn't rob you of your health and doesn't rob all the people that you love of the real you. Never seen it. But on the other side of the coin, what else do we look at? The potential for if you do succeed, because some of us are gonna be super motivated by the idea of get me the hell out of my pain, while others of us are going to be motivated by get me into my dream life, get me into my peace, get me into my freedom. I want to feel liberated. I want to feel relief. And so your job, if that's what drives you to think about who you'll be without this problem, who will you be? If food is no longer an issue in your life, who are you? How do you show up for yourself? How do you show up for your family? How do you show up at work differently? If food is a non-issue, you don't even think about it. It's just easy. Not even a second thought. How do you show up differently? How does this affect your confidence? How does this affect your time? What will you do with all that free time? All that free energy? All of that money that you are no longer spending on diet plans and clothes and binge food and delivery and all the stuff. That peace of mind for your family who doesn't have to worry about your health. <sighs> your own peace of mind that you can be around for your family longer and in a much stronger, greater capacity. I know another big one for me is I just wanted to be myself, my actual self, without an eating disorder. For a while, I forgot who that was. 
And I got to find out once I decided to get rid of the problem because that idea was so attractive to me that, wow, who knows what my potential would be like if I wasn't so preoccupied with food all the time. I have all the potential in the world. I can do whatever I want. I have all this time. I have all this energy. My resources are freed up. I can do whatever I want. Sky's the limit for me now. So if that's what fuels your fire, live in that place. Who are you when this is over? And decide, how am I spending my time? How am I spending my energy? Because, again, there's motivation in both running away from the pain and getting the hell out of the hell, the food prison. And there's also a lot of energy in running towards what you want. And when you just focus on those things, it becomes a lot harder to stay stuck and to just stay in the comfort zone of what you already know, even though it's miserable. Because the desire to get out of pain or the desire to move towards what, you, what it is that you really want, even if you're afraid, let those things be stronger than your fear. Follow those things. Let those things guide your actions more than your fear. Or even use your fear, right? For me, I wanted to heal because I was afraid I was killing myself. I let my fear <laughs> drive me towards my success. If I didn't have a very healthy, rational, logical fear that I was slowly but surely killing myself with food, I don't think I would have taken action so quickly. If I didn't have a fear when I injured myself and I could no longer compulsively exercise in order to combat all the weight that I was gaining, if I didn't have a fear of huge weight gain when I was injured, I don't know if I would have been so motivated to fix this problem. So in a lot of ways, you can actually use your fear to help you. Oh, I just saw some people are commenting. I didn't even see that. Hi, Linda. Hi, Teresa. Nice to see you guys. So... You get it? Use your fear. Fear does not have to be something that holds you back. Fear can be your freaking propeller. It can be your fuel. Because if we don't have a normal, healthy fear that we are killing ourselves with food, then we are living in serious denial. So this brings us to the final point. So, so far what we've talked about on how to succeed in the face of fear. Number one, you do it anyway, but do it afraid. Number two, you think about, hey, what's going to happen to me if I don't? And let the fear of that propel you towards what you want. Let your fear be your fuel. And number three, focus on where you're actually going. What does your life look like on the other, other side of this where food is a non-issue for you and you're free to be yourself and do whatever the hell you want? Let that be your propeller. Oh, hi, Lisa. Happy to see you. Now, what's the fourth thing? Now, this is more from a practical strategic point. You guys know by now, if you've been following me for a while, my brain tends to run strategically. I'm one of those logical, analytical people, and that's just how my brain naturally thinks, which is often helpful, sometimes not so helpful, but often it's helpful. Um, the fourth piece is getting help. Now, for those of us who are more on the stubborn side of things, we might say, ah, uh, but I love doing things myself and getting the fruits of doing things myself. And I'm independent and I don't need help. 
That might be true. Okay. However, how long have you been struggling? And how much longer, big question, how much longer are you willing to struggle alone until you get help? Decide that now. How much longer are you willing to live in your food prison until you decide to get the help? Because the truth is, and I say this as a fellow independent person who loves being independent and prides herself in being independent. If you do not get the help to be independent in your relationship with food, you will continue to be dependent on diets. You will continue to be dependent on uh, weight loss programs, counting calories, all of the things that have been just plunging you deeper into your food hell. That's not independence. That is stubbornness and it's shooting yourself in your own foot. I say this with so much love because I'm also speaking to past Katie who has done this so many times and should have just gotten the freaking help in the beginning. Now, the more we allow ourselves to get help, the more independent we can actually be. That's our whole goal with our clients. We want our clients to be independent. That's why we have a program that is designed in a finite amount of time. We say, you start here, right? Your starting point is you're completely out of control with food. You're binge eating. You are compulsively overeating. You feel totally out of control. And we're going to get you to the place where you're completely peaceful with food. You have all this relief that you no longer have to think about it anymore. You can go about your life and enjoy your life and you can be healthy. Right? We know that we can teach you everything you need to know from point A to point B in 12 weeks or less. The goal in putting that finite amount of time where all we need to do is teach you these skills and get you well-versed in these skills, then you can be independent. We're not looking for, I remember talking to somebody who, and this, I mean, I try to control or, or be compassionate of my emotions, but boy, did I get angry when I heard this. Somebody who told me that she had been working with her Harvard-trained therapist who specialized in eating disorders, and she reached out to me for help. And I said, all right, well, tell me about the progress that you feel that you've made so far. She goes, well, I've been working with my therapist now for five years. I see her once a week. And I said, great. So how long or how, what changes have you seen? She goes, well, I haven't seen any changes yet, but we're still going through some of the childhood trauma stuff. Five years. Okay. Like I could not even wrap my head. I'm getting angry all over again. I could not even wrap my head around how someone could, I mean, let me hone in my words. <laughs> I'm mad if you couldn't tell. It does not need to take five years to get nothing done. Are you serious? Point A to point B in this finite amount of time. And if you're not doing that, it's taking way too long and you're putting in way too much energy. This woman had invested like 40 grand into her therapy and was still binging the whole time. 
To me, that is insanity. But it's actually not very far from the norm. So the idea is get help, but be smart in the help that you get. In other words, if you don't want to be obsessive about your food anymore, don't invest in a program where they're going to give you 50,000 food rules to follow where you need to be obsessive about your food in order to succeed. Make sure that whoever you're working with knows exactly what they're doing and can can has a proven system to get you from point E to the point B that you want in a specific amount of time. It shouldn't be this endless quest for freedom. It doesn't have to be. It's so much easier than that. I know because I do it every single day of my life. This is my whole world. I'm doing it. I'm in the trenches every day. It's not that hard. And I know that's an unpopular opinion. I know so many people would say, no, it is hard. I've been struggling for so long. And yeah, of course it's been hard if you've been struggling for so long. I struggled for 10 years too. I used to think it was really hard until I saw it doesn't have to be hard. And even if it is hard, is it harder than continuing to live with an eating disorder? Is it, is it harder than continuing to try to follow a diet? I got to a point where I couldn't be on a meal plan for more than a day because my willpower was so exhausted that that was the hardest thing. Just not binging was the hardest thing. Trying not to binge became the hardest part of my day. And I'll take this kind of hard, <laughs> rewiring the brain and rewiring your habits to be peaceful and for food to be a non-issue, I'll take that kind of hard over diet hard or over endless talk therapy hard any day of the week. So if you're going to do something that's hard, pick what kind of hard <laughs> you want to do. Because I can tell you that, and, and honestly, if, if I'm being truthful about my personal journey with food, I can tell you that the hardest part of all of it, including heal, uh, living with it, healing it, coaching others through it, the hardest part by far was just living as a binge eater. Fixing the problem was not as hard as that. Coaching others through it who have been struggling for decades has not been as hard as that, as just living day to day, struggling with food, having it constantly on my mind, robbing me of all my energy, time, thoughts, health. That was the hardest part by far. Everything that has happened since then might have still had its challenges. However, it was way easier than just living with it and staying stuck way easier. So the best thing that you can do if you are really truly committed to your success and you know that you do not want to go one more day with this problem, if you don't have to get the help and get the help fast. So you don't waste any more time. Um, and for me, just looking around at any successful person I've ever seen, everybody has help. Nobody does it by themselves. Nobody's an island. Look at any successful athlete, musician, uh, coach. Look at any successful business person. Look at 
people of success in any field, in any area, they all have their support systems. They all have their networks. They all have their coaches. They all have their mentors. Because we can't all be an expert in everything. So if you need help solving a giant problem that you're not an expert in solving, find someone who is and hire them immediately. And this is what I've learned to do all the time, even though for years and years, I was that stubborn person who had to learn how to do everything myself and take the long way around. But now I am getting a bit older. I'm starting to see the value of time, the value of life and wasting life just to do something by myself at this point seems ridiculous. If I can just hire somebody else who's an expert in that exact thing who can help me cut my time in half or more. Does that make sense? Oh, hey, Zach. Nice to see you. So this is the idea, guys. Let's summarize, shall we? Okay. Number one, do the thing anyway and do it when you're afraid. And it's okay to be afraid because that is the normal human reaction whenever we're doing anything outside of our comfort zone. So there's nothing wrong with you. If you're afraid, all that means is you are a human being and you are still capable of taking action that supports you, even if you're afraid. That's number one. Number two, remember what happens if you don't. And is that scarier than actually taking a chance on yourself? Number three, think about, well, what's my potential if I actually do succeed? And let that vision of your life on the other side fuel you and propel you forward. And number four, if you don't know exactly how to do this alone, get the help you need and get it fast because all successful people have help in their corner and you deserve that too. All right, guys. So those are the four things that you can focus on to make sure you're always taking your next step towards success, even when you're afraid. And if ending an eating disorder, ending your out of control food issues, freeing yourself from binges, cravings, compulsions, urges. If this is number one on your priority list right now, and you want our help guiding you through this process so we can help you get it done in this finite amount of time, reach out to me. If you want to learn more about our 12-week program, Rewired Eating, you can check me out on, uh, check me out. Check it out. <laughs> you can check me out too. Check it out on our website, katiepapo.com forward slash program. You can read all the details, how we do it, what's required of you. And what I can tell you is it will be easier than anything you've ever tried. That is what I've seen across the board with people. I'm not talking about people who just like, you know, eat too much chocolate sometimes. I'm talking about people where food has been the bane of your freaking existence for the last 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. These are our people, but it's not just that they've been suffering. It's that they're so done with the suffering, ready to move, ready for a new paradigm, ready for, for freedom. And it's a 12 week process. You will feel relief way earlier than 12 weeks. 12 weeks is just the time I need you to give me to give you every skill and tool that you need to get the job done. That's it. Give me 12 weeks of you and we can get the job done together. So that means, because right now, what are we, end of September? 
you'll be done for the new year. And I know about the new year and I know how annoying it is to go into the new year with all these resolutions and all these things that I'm afraid to fail. And you won't have to go through, through that ever again. Not even just this year. You won't have to go through that ever again. You will be done. Donezo, as I like to say. So um, if that's in the cards for you and you want to get ready to roll and you don't like to waste time and you're an action taker, I'm calling on you. I'm ready for you. Let's do it. So if you want more information, go to katiepapo.com forward slash program. If you'd like to talk about it personally with me first, just send me a message or an email and I will respond to you. All right, my friend. So I will talk to you very soon. I'll see you on the next podcast episode and stay committed to yourself. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, follow, or leave a kind review. If you're ready to get down to business and work with me to end your food issues permanently, please reach out or go to katiepapo.com for more info. Be kind to yourself, and I hope to see you for the next episode.